God is good. Hey, I want to teach you this morning, preach to you, talk to you, whatever you want to call it, on a topic, <clears throat> as you know, I've been on this uh, for, for a, um, a month or so, month and a half before Christmas, on soul winning, winning souls, what, what, what does that look like, what does that mean, what are you supposed to do, Why, what's the church role in soul winning? So I, I want to talk, I don't even know how to title these messages, and I just put it at the top of this one, the Great Commission, and, and I'm probably not going to preach from where you think I'm going to preach. I, I do have reference to that, but I want to preach from John chapter 3. I want to start out with this. It says <clears throat> that it is God's will for you to be saved in John chapter 6, verse 40, as I've taught you more than once or twice or three times here. That in John chapter 6, verse 40, the word of God says this, and this is the will of of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and, and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up in the last day. That is a reference to salvation. Obviously, it's pretty clear. That is his will that all be saved, that none should perish, that all should have everlasting life. Amen? And so with that in mind, if we know that what God's will is, we don't have to pray for what God's will is for somebody's life or for your life, number one, okay? So don't, get, don't, get, don't fall into that trickery. I'm praying, what, I'm praying for the will of God. Well, number one, if you're not saved, I can help you. You need to be saved, okay? And, and then number two, since it's the will of God and you say you're saved, um, and it is the will of God and you know that, I'm just kind of uh, kind of reading between the lines here, but you ought to uh, encourage someone else to be saved because you're about the what? Father's business. And if his, if his mindset is, my will, I want people to be saved, then if that's our, his business, it ought to be your business. So while you're in this limbo of <clears throat> what do I need to do, win souls. Amen. So what does the Bible say? I'm sorry, I'm having to eat some. Lounges, so. Right. so what does the Bible say about winning souls? What does it say about you winning souls? Watch this Proverbs 11.30 says it this way. <laughs> I was going to read it right there. I may, I, don't have, did, I may not have it on there for you. I'm sorry. Proverbs 11.30 says it this way. The fruit of righteousness is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. Everybody wants to be wise. Everybody wants to be thought that you're, you're a little above. You got some intelligence. It says you're wise. If you win souls, you're a wise person. Doesn't mean that you gain a lot of intellect. It just means that you're wise because you've got a reward in heaven that's going to be accounted to you for winning souls. You're a wise person that wins souls. Amen? I'd also like to say this. If you're not winning souls, just really how wise are you in the eyes of the Lord? I mean, he said you're wise if you win souls. So he must think that you're wise if you win souls. And if you're not, I'm just kind of wondering what his thoughts are. Just something to chew on there for a little bit. Matthew 28, 19 says this. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. How many nations? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, and teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. In other words, to observe the word of God. Okay, and then it says, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age, amen. Now, there's some things, you know, the Bible says some things that don't say. 
You take this passage, it says, go and make disciples. What does that mean? So we look at disciple and we say, okay, if they're not born again, they got to get born again first before you can get to be a disciple, right? It's kind of like walking. You gotta, you, you, you gotta come out of the womb first. You gotta realize you got some legs. And then over time, you begin to walk, okay? So this, this is kind of, um, kind of a picture here. It says, he's given us a lot of credit. I know you gotta get people saved, but when you make disciples out of them, how do you do that? He says, teach them the word that I've commanded you. You gotta teach them God's word. So if you're going to be a soul winner, number one, you need to get in God's word so you know what God's word says so you can teach and make disciples for other people, right? To other people. You got to be a teacher. Everyone that's blood-bought, born again should be a teacher of the gospel. Now, you may not stand behind a desk on a Wednesday or Sunday or whatever, but you need to be able to teach at least the basics of soul winning, that you must be born again. That's the very basic elementary principle of Christianity. You got to be born again. So, now that we know that, so how are we saved? John chapter 3, take my text. John chapter 3, that says this, I'll read from the King James and I'll switch over to, to uh, and I'm going to throw in some words here that, to take out some thou's and those and use to make it a little easier because my new King James, anyway, you get it right? Amen. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This guy's supposed to know everything about God and Christianity and religion. He's a Pharisee, amen? And the same, this man, Nicodemus, came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. He acknowledges that he's from God, which is pretty Pretty great in itself that a Pharisee would even do that to Jesus anyway. You're a teacher from God. <clears throat> For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with you. So if you're wondering about miracles, if you'll just take the Bible, if you're wondering about miracles, signs and wonders, how does that really work? Are they kind of goofy? Well, I don't know, but I, I know this for sure, that a Pharisee saw signs and miracles and it intrigued him to figure out, I need to know more about this Jesus. That's what drew him first. I know you're teaching. I saw some stuff. I need to visit with you. Come on. So are signs and wonders usable in, in the Bible? Absolutely. Are they usable today? Absolutely. Amen. Boy, you're quiet today. It says, Elder, a good teacher come from God and you can do these miracles. No one can do these miracles except God be with him. Come on. Don't try to do a miracle without, you, without God. Verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you. Now, this is Jesus. If you've got a Bible, a red letter edition, it's red letter. Verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born again. Except a man be born again. You cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Is that what the Bible says? Yes. Keep that in your mind. He's fixing to repeat something. Nicodemus said, saith unto him, well, how can man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus repeats almost word for word in verse 5. 
Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, or unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You've got to be born again to enter the kingdom of God. Incorrect theology is incorrect theology. The Bible says you must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. You must be born again. Now, Nicodemus is a lot smarter, was a lot smarter than any of us, probably all of us combined in this room put together. He was a Pharisee, a ruler, we read, a ruler of the, of the Jews. He, he knew, but watch this. Verse six, Jesus still speaking, says that which is born of the flesh is the flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is the spirit. All right, Jesus starts contradicting two ideologies right here. One, I'm born physically, but there's another birth. There's another process. Birth is a process. If you're a woman in here and you've had a, um, uh, you've had a baby, that's a process, right? Something has to happen, take place. He's saying, here's the process. You have to be born again of the Spirit. Says, verse 7, he says, now Nicodemus, don't, don't be confused. Don't get upset at my theology, Nicodemus. These are my words. Nicodemus, don't marvel. Not that I said unto you, you must be born again. Don't let that be your hang-up that you got to be born again. He wants to make it clear. That's not your hang-up, Nicodemus. You got to be born again. Nicodemus, don't get hung up on that part because that's got to happen. That's, that's the deal. Foundational doctrine. Anybody ever built a house or built anything, a shed? If you don't have the foundation right, the rest really won't matter very long. You can prop it up and lean it up. You can cock it up. But it won't be long. That foundation is not level and secure and secure to the ground, the very thing that's hold, holding the foundation up. If it's not correct, it won't be long that the rest of whatever you built on top of the incorrect foundation, it ain't gonna work. There, there are some foundational doctrine, uh, doctrines in the Bible that must be correct. You must be born again. Don't marvel at that, Nicodemus. You must be born again. My dad would say, now son, if you're gonna build something, get the foundation right. Son, you gotta get the foundation right. Some of you have never built anything. I've built a lot of things, and I'm here to tell you, you get the foundation right. We spent $35,000, dollars $50,000 on the foundation of that building. We dug out dirt that looked good, put in some good dirt that packed correctly, put a foundation on something that'd stay there. You got to do that with the gospel. Watch now. <clears throat> I'm going somewhere. Verse 8, 
Jesus speaks and says, the wind bloweth where it, lists, uh, where, it, where it will, where it wants to, and you hear it. You hear the sound of the wind, but you cannot tell where it came from or where it's going. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Verse 9, and I will explain these. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? Nicodemus is trying to be intellectual and figure out how God's doing everything. May I tell you that you're not God and God is God all by himself and there's some things you won't understand. I don't understand salvation myself. I don't understand how that I'm dead to sin. That Jesus would want to leave heaven and come down to this earth and be hung on a cross and die for me and my sins be resurrected by the power of God that was in him and, and he loves me no matter what I do and I know how many times I let him down. I don't really understand that. But I believe that. I receive because his word says it. And he's saying Nicodemus, is, he's trying to figure out how this thing's gonna work intellectually. Sometimes you can't figure it out intellectually. Sometimes you just, oh my goodness, maybe you trust God. If you could figure out everything in your life, you wouldn't need God. You would not need faith. Why would you need faith if you knew the outcome? If I knew the outcome, I'd just make a different decision so I'd get the outcome I wanted. No faith necessary. He said, Nicodemus, don't get hung up on it. You must be born again. He's trying to get Nicodemus to understand, you got to get this in your spirit. You got to be born again. Foundational doctrine. You got to be born again. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said to him, aren't you a master of Israel? You don't know these things? Verily, verily, I say unto you, we speak that we do not know and testify what we have seen. And you receive not our witness. But I have told you of earthly things and you believe not. How shall you believe if I tell you of earthly things? What is he saying? He's saying you've heard that wind. How many of you have heard wind? Wind howling on a cold, snowy night is so awesome. It's so, you can just hear it and you see the wind and you hear, the, you hear the, or see the snow kind of blowing around and you hear that, just that howling. That is like, oh man, this is good. Let's, let's get deep under the covers and just, just go to sleep. I mean, it's good. But unless you were to look out at a branch or a tree or a bush or the grass, you wouldn't know which way the wind's blowing, would you? You can hear it, but that hearing doesn't give you a direction on which way it's coming from. Until I see something bend in a direction one way or the other, then I can, I can intellectually say the wind, which I cannot see and I cannot explain, is blowing from east to west or west to east, whichever way it's blowing. I can now somewhat comprehend wind blowing, moving. I hear it and I don't see it, but I see the results. 
But I still, watch this, I still don't understand wind. I, I used to teach ground school as in, 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 as a, in flight school. I don't understand wind. I don't know that anybody understands wind. But I know this. You better figure out how it operates because if you think, well, I don't have to worry about the wind, when you take off in the wrong direction with the wind behind you, you're fixing to crash. Understand that wind, if you're in a small airplane and you pull these things called flaps, that's that little piece of that wing that folds down like this and it creates an updraft. It's like a brake. And it'll... I understand that. I don't understand wind. But I understand that it's necessary. And Jesus is saying, Nicodemus, you don't, you don't have to understand everything. You just got to know that that's the way it works. Come on. There's not a person in here that can explain salvation the way I'm talking about. You, you don't understand it. You just got to have faith and trust and believe it because nobody's ever been to heaven and come back and told you about it. Do you believe in heaven? Amen or no? Amen. So we believe in heaven? Have you seen it? Have you been there? How do you know it exists? Faith? That's a good answer. There's several. How do you know it exists? It's in the Bible. Feel it? You sense it? God said it? But you believe it, right? Jesus telling Nicodemus, I'm telling you things that you don't know. Your job is to know this. You must be born again. You believe what I say. If you can believe that there is a heaven that when you die as a blood-bought, born-again child of God, that you're going to a heaven where there's no sickness, no sorrow, no tears, that the streets are made of gold and that God has prepared for you a mansion. If you can believe that and you've never seen it and you don't understand, how does that work way out there? I don't know. How does he make foundations of 12 precious stones? I don't know. How does he get gold in heaven in the atmosphere? I don't know. But the Bible says that you're going to walk on streets of pure gold. I don't understand that. I don't know what's supporting it out there in the universe. I don't know how it's supported. I know how we build a foundation here. We put it on dirt. But out there, I do not know. I do not know how the, the stars and the galaxies and all the, the Milky Way, and I don't understand how it's suspended other than this. God spoke it, and it's done, and I can see it. I don't have to, and you don't have to understand everything about salvation other than that you must be born again. That's the only thing Christ says that, uh, specifically about your salvation is you must be born again. And if you're not born again, you can't fulfill, fulfill the great commission of winning souls because you don't know, you've not experienced what's happened to you. And you cannot convince, talk, talk about very intellectually anyway, to someone that you have not experienced that thing that you're trying to convince them of. I've said this before when I was in sales. I had to believe in what I was selling, the product that I was selling. 
If I didn't believe in it, I was going to do a very poor job of convincing you that you ought to have what I got. If I wasn't 100% on board, I went to a meeting one time in Little Rock, Arkansas, had 150 uh, salesmen in front of me, and they, and, and they kept asking me questions about my competitor's product. I said, I don't know. Well, shouldn't you know about their product? No, I need to know about my product. Because if I can tell you about my product and know everything about my product, I'm telling you, I believe my product's better than theirs. Shouldn't we be the same thing with Christ? If you've got something, you believe in heaven, that you're going to go to heaven, but you've never seen it. You believe in streets of gold and mansions that he's prepared for you. If you believe that, that you believe there's no sickness in heaven, you believe all of that. Shouldn't we be so on fire? Shouldn't we be so so ready to, to tell people about what we're going to receive there and what we got here? If not, why are we living the Christian life? If you don't believe God's at work here, I can assure you, you don't believe heaven exists. Because you can see things here like the wind. And that's what Jesus is talking about. Man, I'm telling you of earthly things and you don't even believe them. How are you going to believe things that you ain't seen? This thing is not complicated, church. Salvation is not complicated. It is. You must be born again. Verse 13, And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that's a different message. It's really good, but I'll talk to you about that maybe in, in, in the near future. Verse 15, I want to get here because I feel my voice really leaving me. Verse 15 says, that whatsoever, that whosoever, verse 15, that whosoever believeth in him, him meaning Jesus, should not perish but have, ever, but have eternal life. <clears throat> in my notes, in my margin, I wrote this. I, do, I love word studies. The word whosoever <clears throat> means each and every, any, all, everyone. That's what whosoever is. You can go look it up. Greek translations, you can look it up. That's what it says. That's the word. So you could say each, every, all, anyone, whoever believes the word believes means to place confidence in or to trust something you must do. You cannot be born again if you don't believe in Jesus. You cannot be born again if you don't have confidence that he's able to save you from something that you can't even explain. You must believe and have confidence that he is able to do what he says he can do. That you're a candidate, if you're, some, if you're breathing today, if you're an everyone and all, anyone, you are a candidate for salvation if you do not know him as your savior. <clears throat> he says that whosoever believes in him should not perish. That word perish means to be destroyed, to ruin or to lose 
but you would have eternal life. Anyone, everyone, all that chooses to have confidence in Jesus Christ as the Savior will not be destroyed or ruined. But you must believe in Jesus Christ. That's the criteria for your salvation. Your belief in him. Anybody ever been to hell? Everybody, anybody that knows, anybody that's been to hell and came back and talked to you about it? How do you know it's real? Because the Bible says that there'll be a place that you go that will be eternal hell, eternal damnation. It's apart from Christ, it's separation. Once you're there, you're there eternally. You don't get to come back. You don't get a second chance. You're not in purgatory. You're not working your way out of this thing. You're in hell forever. Church, we've got to understand that even hell, we do not know it. We don't see it. We don't understand it. We don't, we don't know any much about it other than what the Bible says. But we believe it to be real. How can we believe in those things we have not seen yet believe that there's another way to salvation other than you must be born again? He says it, that he's telling people there's going to be a way that's going to seem right, but it's wrong. You must be born again to inherit the kingdom of God. He is the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Any other method is a lie. You must be born again to inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 15, other than the first two sentences, is exactly like verse 16. So you got verse 15 and verse 16. How many, when you were growing up, if you're, uh, let me put this way, I don't know how y'all grew up. I knew how I grew up. If my daddy called my name twice, <laughs> you were going to find yourself in a pickle. You were going to be on the receiving end of my father's wrath. He didn't tolerate twice. Marty, I need you to take out the trash. You know what that really meant? See, I could read between the lines. When I got a little older, I figured this out. I got smart. That meant get up right now, take out the trash, and I'm not telling you again. And if I tell you again, son, you're not going to like it. So after I got a little older and I realized that in my intellect, I said, when he said, Marty, I said, huh? I was ready to do whatever he needed done. Because when he told me twice, it wasn't good. When you read stuff in scripture, when it says it again, one time and says it again, he's saying, pay attention to my word. So we read a while ago in chapter, in, in uh, verse uh, 3 and 5, said the same thing. 
Now we're reading verse 15 and 16. He's trying to get our attention that you must be born again. Watch. For God so loved. The intellectual part wants to say this. Who's the world? A a tree hugger would say, oh, that means the earth. That means the trees and the water. Yeah, he loved them. He created them for us. Come on, people. The world. For God so loved the world, not the stuff of the world, but you and I, we're the world, just like we're the church. Come on, these are idioms you've got to look at and say, that means me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So if you're concerned about does the world mean me, here it comes. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Here's that word again. Whosoever, that every, all, anyone right there, whosoever believeth, here it is again, that places confidence or their trust in him, that he should not perish, he should not be destroyed, that he should not go to ruins, but have everlasting life. Friend, I'm here to tell you today that there's only one way to Jesus. There's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus and the cross. You must be born again. If you're not born again, you're going to hell. You must be born again. It is a transformation, not of the physical body, but of a spiritual body where, you, where you're born again of the spirit and of the water. You're born again. You must be born again. And if you're not born again, this is not your pastor telling you this because it's my opinion. The word of God says that you will not inherit the kingdom of God if you're not born again. You must be born again. Dear Lord, For God sent not His own for, uh, for God sent not His Son into the world that to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Dear Lord, you just keep reading; it just keeps getting more clear. For God sent His own Son into the world to what? Not to, not to condemn us, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You got to believe in Jesus Christ. You got to believe in the Son of God. That he was, he came from heaven as a perfect spirit transformed into a man through a virgin birth. Come on, I can't even explain that to you. And Adam stayed with Mary. I mean, uh, excuse me, Joseph stayed with Mary. Knowing in his intellect, she's been messing around on me. I just believe that Joseph got a revelation from the Holy Ghost that said, stick it out, son. It's not like you think. It's going to turn out a little different if you'll just stay with this thing. If you'll just walk with me. If you'll trust me. I know you can't understand it. But if you'll walk with me, I'm going to show you things you never dreamed of. He had to have faith. 
that what he, he couldn't figure out was still okay. In the natural, you know what every one of our minds went to when, when you read that. If your wife come to you, or your girlfriend you're engaged to, a fiance, and said, honey, I'm pregnant, it's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> or there's going to be some holy stuff, but it ain't going to be nothing about no ghost. She out the door that quick. Now, I know that's not going to happen again. That's only going to happen one time. I'm just giving an example. He didn't understand it. You still don't understand it. I don't understand how that happens. I understand how sex happens. I understand how babies get here, but I don't understand that. I know that two physical people got to get together physically to have a baby. All right? I understand it. But we're talking about the Holy Ghost implanted in Mary a seed. And he's a spirit. I can't tell you how that works intellectually. But I know that Jesus is my Savior. I know that he died on the cross. I know that he got up out of that grave. I know that he sits on the right hand of the Father. I can tell you that and believe it, but I don't understand it. You must be born again. You must be born again. If you're not born again, I'm telling you your path, your fate is hell. It is the only way. You must be born again. I hope you get the message today that you must be born again. There is no other way. I'll finish quickly. I'm sorry for my voice. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. And men love their darkness rather than light. Come on, men love their darkness rather than light. In other words, they wanted to do sinful things rather than come to the light. It's a choice. You have a choice today to come to Jesus. You can stay in your sin or you can come to Jesus. You can stay in darkness or you can come to light. You can stay, you can stay on your path to hell or you can get on the path to heaven. It's your choice. He said they love that. In other words, they chose to do that rather than come to me. He says, and this is why they did that, because uh, men loved their darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. My God, they knew they were evil, and they continued to do it. That's why they chose to stay in the darkness. I'm evil. I want to be here. There's an interesting word in verse 19. And men loved their darkness rather than light. In other words, there's a choice. You ever said something like this? I'd rather eat over here than here. I'd rather do this than this. Come on, it's your choice. You have a choice to do this or this. And the Bible says in red letters that they loved their darkness rather than light. They had an option to love light, but they rather, they chose to eat over here from the pig pen. Rather than come to the light, rather than come to the king's table, the master's table, and feast and dine there. You have a choice. You gotta be born again. You don't have to be born again. You can go to hell just the way you are, but you have to be born again and you'll go into heaven different than you are now. 
Because when that glorious gospel comes in, when you are truly saved and born again, there'll be a change that you'll begin to see. There'll be some outward things that'll begin to change. You may not see, can't see anything unless you go to a doctor and get an x-ray and a CT scan and a PET scan, but you still can't see everything. Because some things God reserves for him to understand and you not. No, I got to hurry. Told you I was going to be quick, but I lied. Verse 20, for everyone that does evil hates the light. Neither comes to the light lest his deeds should be reproved. Why do people not want to come to the light? Because they love sin more than they love coming to Christ. That's what it says. They love their deeds, their evil deeds, more than they want to come to Christ. That means you got an option. You can stay where you are. You can love your darkness. You can love your dirty deeds, your evil deeds. Or you can turn and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Lord, I know I've done wrong things with a lot of people a lot of times. Lord, I'm a sinner. And I'm in need. I'm in need of your mercy and your grace. I'm in need of a Savior. But he that does truth comes to the light. What? He that does truth comes to the light that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God, that they're made in God, that he that does truth comes to the light. You gotta come to the light. If you're waiting to be zapped, I use this example. If you're waiting to get, uh, get your house paid off, you better get your butt up and go to work. You better start saving, get on a budget, and do those kind of things so you can get your house paid off. If you're waiting for God to drop that money on your doorstep, you're, you're gonna be in debt till you die. You've got to do something. Guess what? You've got to make a choice this morning. You've got to make a choice. If you don't know Jesus, you've got to make a choice this morning to come to him. Because you've got to be born again. And if you're not born again, you're going to hell. I know this is not popular preaching, but as many as you know here, I'm not in a popularity contest. I just want Jesus to say when I get there, son, you done good. You didn't sway because people gave money or they didn't do this or because of opinion or culture. This is all I know. And I don't have to be, I don't have to have nine doctorates to teach this gospel to you. All I got to say is, Jesus, you open up this word to me and I understand some basic foundational doctrine principles that you must be born again. And I'll close with these things, these last verses. And after these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, and they tarried there with them and baptized. And John also was baptizing in Anan near Salam because there was much water there. And they came and they were baptized, for John was not yet cast into prison. People got born again. And when they got born again, Started baptizing some folks. That's what the scripture says. You got to get born again. Will you stand with me across this building? I don't care that you close your eyes, you open your eyes.
But if you're not born again, today's the day you need to get born again. Today's the day you need to be born again. I said today is the day you need to be born again. If you don't know where I'm, you're going to spend eternity, if there's questions in your mind, I, 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 I really lean to you, you probably ain't born again. Because when you get born again, you're going to know. There's going to be, you're going to leave that intellectual thing. I don't understand it, but I receive it and believe it. I'm not saying that you're not. That's a theological discourse we can talk about for, for, for has been going on and we'll talk about for 100,000 100, years should the Lord return. I'm just saying, if you don't know that you know that you know down and you know it's time to get right and know that you know. You gotta be born again. You gotta be born again. Pastor, I, I think I am, but I ain't sure. But well, what are your fruit? What does your fruit look like? Is your mind stayed on him or is it everywhere except here? And you think about, oh God, it's Sunday. Let's go to church. I tell you, if that's the case, your mind ain't stayed on Christ. You need to check, am I born again? Are you born again? If you're not born again, you can do that right now. You got to believe it. Are you born again? Are you born again? Ask yourself that question. Am I born again? Lord, am I born again? Am I saved, Lord? You know. If that's you, you're not sure if you're born again. Or I could give you a, a list of things of the flesh. If you're participating regularly, you're not born again. Are you born again? Say, Father... I want to be born again. If you're not born again, I want you to be born again. Man, this is so untraditional in Pentecostal charismatic circles. But the Holy Spirit's moving in somebody. Are you born again? Do you need to get right with God? Do you need to stop doing some things you've been doing with somebody you shouldn't be doing them with? Are you supposed to stop? Are you taking stuff, putting it in your body that you ought not be doing? Are you doing drugs and alcohol and all those things that's killing your body? Do you have some fruits of the flesh going on or do you have fruits of the Spirit? Do you know Him today? I'd suggest if you don't know Him today, you make your way to this altar. You make your altar. Turn around right where you are. There'll be somebody to lay their hands on you. Let's just do that. If you don't know Him, turn around right where you are. Kneel down at a chair. Kneel down wherever you are. Kneel down and say, I don't know Jesus. I need to be boarding in. And then somebody around Him, lay your hands on Him. Pray the prayer of faith. Lead Him to Jesus right here in the church house. My God, if you can't be led to Jesus in the church house, where can you be led to Jesus? Where can you be born again if you can't be born again in the house of God? Is that you, sir, ma'am? Is that you? Do you? Are you born again? Because if you're not born again, my heart breaks for you. My heart breaks for you because your, your fate is eternal damnation in hell, a separation from God. We've lost the passion in our churches for souls to be saved. We've lost the passion 
Dear God, give us a passion for lost souls. Give us a passion for those that we just wink at and we say, well, you're okay. As long as you said a prayer when you were three, no, I'm sorry, that's not right. You need to be born again. You need to be born again. Born again. If you made a decision, if you've made a prayer in your heart, you know. I got a great Bible and I want to talk to you after church. I'm going to give you the Word of God. My challenge to all of you that are saved this week. I don't care. You're not this busy. You have time to do this. Ask the Lord. Lord, will you give me a heart for lost souls? Not for a new car, not to fix you on this and that. Lord, give me a heart. Give me a passion for lost souls souls. My friends that I call my friends that I never talk to about Jesus that are going to die and go to hell because I know them. Give me a heart for those people. If they're your friends and you say you love them, then love them enough to ask that tough question, do you know Jesus? Put that pride down and say, well I don't want to think I'm weird. They already think you're weird if you come to my church, this church. They think you're a little bit off center anyway, off bubble. There are going to be a lot of people in hell that thought that bald headed preacher was off his bubble. He got a little excited when he shouldn't supposed to be in there. Okay. But you know what? He told me. He told me. Let's get passionate about lost souls. Father, I thank you for your word today.